Hey everybody, it's Andy. If you're enjoying what we do on Potheads and Read, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite place to listen to our podcast. Five stars will go a long way. Thanks, y'all. Sheila, yeah. did I ever tell you about the time that Josie and I went to Egypt for work and, like, basically they treated her like she could do no wrong, she walked on water... She was the most beautiful thing that I ever saw. It was kind of trippy. Andy, no. we, don't, we don't need to talk about this. We don't, we don't. So are, are you telling me that Josie was like a princess? Yeah, like she kind of no. was. Like she was like suddenly Egypt's most um, eligible bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> It was really embarrassing. <laughs> for it was for her, not for me. It's in relish in it. I'm just glad that I was the like pharaoh or the queen and not the help. No, the Egyptian the Egyptian Cinderella by Shirley oh. Fimo. That was obviously super planned out. <laughs> <laughs> None of them are. Well, uh, well, none of the ones we do with you are. Some of the ones Sheila and I do, we actually like plan out and script. Our our most recent one for Hotheads to Read was not. <laughs> but uh, welcome to Potheads in Training. Potheads in Training. Oh my goodness, you too. I think you two have been practicing. Every Thursday. Every Thursday. <laughs> when he actually calls. <laughs> They've been like this all night. Don't worry, everybody. So is Sheila. Don't let her yeah. let her try to fool you. She's tried to cancel like five times. She's been like, do we need to cancel this? She's like, do we need that. to record on another night? That's... I- Fine. We are down to business. I only said that once. No. <laughs> it was like three times. But we haven't done this in Month? almost two months. Yeah. Sheila and I calculated it the other night. It's been probably almost two months since the three of us have talked in pseudo person, like on Skype mm-hmm. or whatever. So there was one, but we had to like have a therapy session where we had to like iron everything out tonight because there was one point where I was like are the three of us fighting because <laughs> what is happening these three Stellas lost their groove I think it's just been a long day it could have been Emperor since it was a kid's book but you know what not that sharp today what did you say <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> How is everyone doing? Wait, 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 wait. What? Before you guys tell me how you've been doing, mm-hmm. Andy, happy birthday. Wow. Happy birthday. His birthday is already going to have happened when this episode posts. Happy birthday. Thank you. 
I hope you're not hungover too bad. Don't worry. <laughs> and everybody, he's going to get hedgehogs for, for his birthday. Basically. Sheila is wanting me to purchase a real one. But here in Georgia, you have to have a permit. For How some much is reason. It? Maybe we should get that for his birthday. Is it a permit for a hedgehog? For some reason, I feel like I shouldn't be a single, almost 40-year-old man with a hedgehog by myself. But you know what? Maybe I need to open up to love. Maybe if you got the permit, you'll meet somebody at the permit office who's going to be like, oh, my gosh, I love them, too. Me, too. Or maybe at the pet store, you and another person are going to reach for the same hedgehog. You're going to touch hands and look at each other's eyes. No, no. No, oh you're going to reach gosh. for the same bag we of millworms. Because that's what they like Or to the eat. same bag of millworms. Regardless, you're reaching for the same things your hands touch. And you're just going to look at each other. And it's just going to be like. And then your whole love life is going to flash before your eyes. And you guys are just going to fall in love and live happily ever after. And your With hedgehogs hedgehog. will be best friends. Or maybe none of that happens Ooh. and you just find a hedgehog support group and want somebody in the hedgehog support group is the person that you're like you're crazy and my crazy just happened to match i feel like i should do a quick dis- disclaimer for anyone who has a hedgehog more power to you i've actually wanted one since i was little i just don't feel like it's a great look for me at this moment I don't um, know. I mean, I, all the little things we got you are amazing. It'd just be like right down your shoulder. Be like, uh, <laughs> so, y'all know how Instagram has been doing those little things where you it get like pops. a little bath and you touch your stomach and it goes. <laughs> 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 Josie's really... the one who needs the hedgehog. I really wish all you all could. <laughs> You know what Josie yeah. was just doing because it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. She was imitating a hedgehog being surprised. Um, floating around in the, the water. In yeah. the bath water, when you touch its stomach and it shrinks up and then it's like, Bling! and then it's like, up in a So, y'all know those little Instagram things that have been going around with like the filters where it does like the random tweet that you should be doing for 20, that explains your 2020 year? Mm mm. Nope, just me, got it. <laughs> so when you went down this rom-com view of what a hedgehog could bring to my life, <laughs> I got I got read to filth by that thing because it literally said, um, I did it and it was like, get your head out of the rom-coms and back into reality. And I was like... <laughs> How dare you? I appreciate that. And then I don't remember what the second one was. I always forget what the second one was, but it was on point two. But good story. You're welcome. I didn't expect y'all not to know what they were. I, I sent them to you. I, I get it. I just I... that one. Like the ones where it like rotates through and it's like. Yeah. Total side note. Sheila, what? I don't know if you remember this since we're talking about those things. Maybe. Um... Do you remember during college? Mm-hmm. Mrs. Coney's A Tale at Christmas. I was a mouse. Yep. And everybody called me Gus. <laughs> I don't remember them calling you Gus, but... They would call me Gus 
from Cinderella, which is on point for the book. And when I did that, because I only get two. I don't know. Honestly, Andy, I don't know how to get all the different ones that everybody has. And I haven't seen that one. But I've done the Disney one and I've done the house sorting one. And the house sorting, every time I've done it, it's been different. Mm. But that one, like, which Disney character are you? Every single time stops on Gus Gus. <laughs> if, it's, if it makes you feel better, Jessica and I both got Gus Gus. I mean, it doesn't make me feel bad at all. I should actually probably record it one time and actually send it to my friends who used to call me Gus. Funny. I don't even know if they would remember that they call me Gus, but they even got me like a little like Gus Gus like figurine and stuff like that. Aww. But they might, they probably yeah. do. I don't remember that. I was different with Mrs. Coney. I was like the choral group that sang out in the. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh yeah, you were one of the random animals that they put in the show just Sheila to make sure like, they had extra characters. Oh, Sheila they had the whole like, show I had was, like, what, four characters or something like that? I was yeah. different from you. I had a part. No. No, no, no. So the, the show literally has four actors. It's four characters in it. We had to write special permission to the author or like to the playwright to ask her if we could add characters into the show and they decided to do like a dance troupe, like quote unquote dance group or dance troupe. And it was six animals. And I was one of the animals. So I didn't have a real part. I was dressed in a leotard with fur cuffs and danced around on the stage as a mouse. At least I had a gray unitard and not a tan unitard like the raccoon and the deer. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> That was funny. Yeah, sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. Just no, it was really funny. Oh, she was. I mean, I mean, I... not at Steph. <laughs> no, it was uh, the guys. The guys. I forgot about. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was singing Christmas carols in the lobby with Matt, Carrie, Dustin. Was it just the four of us? I feel like there should have been five. Eight. But we had to fulfill a certain amount of, like, you, hours. if you were on scholarship, you had to do so many shows, and you had to do so many hours. You had to do so many technical hours, and you had to do so many shows to keep, to qualify for your, for your scholarship. scholarship. And they realized and, they didn't have enough parts. You had to do three out of the four, and that show only had four actors in it, and you would have only needed about six techs. And so they had to create all these parts so everybody could fulfill their their scholarship. Good times. Although th- that semester, I don't think I was on scholarship, so I took a spot for somebody oh. who had scholarship. I guess my mouse dancing technique was just so much better than somebody else's. You could, like, teach at Gus Gus School. I could. <laughs> like, the time I fell asleep underneath the stage in rehearsal, <laughs> and they were like, and the mouse enters here, and the mouse enters here, and they, like... We're like Josie, and then they looked underneath the apron of the stage, and I was like laying flat, like passed out. And they were like, Josie, you have to enter. And I was like, Oh, sorry. We were so tired. We were so tired. And we probably partied the night before because it was a Saturday rehearsal. By that point, I had friends, so. 
<laughs> I probably would have hung out with somebody at that point. That sounds accurate. Yeah. I, I didn't have, have any friends. Even Sheila and I weren't friends yet. We weren't. We, we knew each other, but we weren't friends until second like semester. February, I think. It was like second semester, and then it was like the Bakai trip that really put us on there, which Sheila and I have talked about before on the cat podcast. Bakai, doing it like Diana. Oh, we've actually talked is. about it before on these episodes, because it was the anxiety episode. Yes, that's right. Mm, Andy, do you remember that conversation? Yeah, Bakai, so high. <laughs> Bakai, they were usually drunk. Not high. I mean, they might have been high, but they're mostly well, drunk. Well, they probably were high a little bit because that's when they tore apart the guy thinking it was a lion. Greek mm. sure. mythology. Speaking of which, <laughs> Greek mythology leads into Egyptian mythology. I know. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was flashing cue cards. Yeah. We have some Harry Potter trivia, people. We have some Harry Potter trivia before we get to Egyptian something or other. We I have not- seven and 15. Andy has seven and Josie has 15. Why did I not write that down last time? I, I have know. six and eight. Or 13, sorry. I was like, you lost all your points. <laughs> I, <know>. um, <laughs> I don't know what I did to make you lose me all my points, but... <laughs> Okay, 15 and 7 is correct as of right now on my board. I feel like this is going to be not great because I didn't even watch, like, the New Year's Marathon or anything like that. Did did your family keep you away from the TV or something? No, I was here. Okay, just checking. All right, so today we are just going... Yeah, I was here. We're going to roll dice. Because apparently we had issues with the bell ringing last yeah. time. So well, we're going to we go didn't back. We have issues. Josie had issues. <laughs> I mean. Okay. Stop. Was, she she rolled back that beautiful bean footage, which we probably don't own the things for that. So I'm just going to pretend I didn't say it and just keep talking. Um, roll the die. Okay. So. All right. I'm going to buy us bells. Okay, who's going first? Josie, Andy, Andy's going first, just because I said so. Purple. Oh, no, sorry, Fuchsia. Uh, That is Magical Spells and Potions. (laughs) Oh, y'all could see Josie's face right now. (sighs) What is the wrist movement that accompanies the levitation charm? There's a name for it? A professor says it. And... (laughs) It's like, well, it's not a swish. Is it a swish? It's a swish. And? And point? Swish and point? Swish and dry? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got half of it. What does Professor Flitwick say? When they say, Wingardium Levioso. Levioso. Levioso, sorry. <laughs> Love you. So is a different kind of <laughs> charm. Okay. What do they Flip say when they, else. or what do they do when they say that? Swish and flick. Yay! Yes. And he's like, <laughs> all of my points should be half points. 
I just love it when he's like giving the right answer, but he's so confused by what we're doing. <laughs> so it's like swish and flick. So instead of being excited, he's like so like mad, like swish and flick. Because I was like, I I talk myself out of every answer, and I'm like, it's not swish, and y'all are both like basically pre-standing. Here, I'm just gonna tell you this right now. Stop talking yourself out of it. All the time. Just stop it. Basically. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. <laughs> um, are you ready, Andy? <laughs> or Josie? Yeah. I'm rolling. <laughs> Blue, which is... <laughs> which school textbook is property of the Half-Blood Prince? It's the Potions Level 6. It doesn't say that, but... What do you remember? It starts with an oh, advanced potions. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. One and one. Level six. I'm like, (laughs) I know, but that's not what the book said. All right. It wasn't. As soon as you're like, but it doesn't say that. I was like, oh, advanced potions. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Okay, green, Andy. Oh no. Like your screen with envy of my knowledge. No, no, not envy of knowledge. Think earth and animals. (laughs) Animals and magical creatures. What type of creature is Aragog? What? What type of creature is the, or is Aragog? That's the creature that Hagrid. The big old spider? Yeah, it has a special name. Big ass spider? I mean, I would take that, but that's not what the card says. I would take that too. Um, I've got Can nothing I, else. I'll be honest, that. I wouldn't have known this this word. Josie? Josie? Or do we want to give it to him? <laughs> I, no. We can give it to him because I would have just said spider as well. It doesn't yeah. start with an A. Yeah, it's Acromantula. I will almost oh. say or something because it's like a yeah it's a giant uh, it's a dry giant um tarantula basically yeah like how, you like how you were like a little more specific and I was like big ass spider <laughs> a big I old mean, spider the big old spider uh more specific big ass spider <laughs> technically you're right and this is totally <laughs> left being a children's episode. It, it always, well, does. It always does. It never really is. Okay. Orange. Magical objects. What do the Weasley twins use to eavesdrop on a meeting of the Order of Phoenix? Oh, it's the extendo ear. Extendable ear. I'll take it. Yeah. Ex- extendable? Extendable. I need that one. See, you guys did great today. Actually, I would have said, if they used, like, this ear that would have stretched all the way up there, I would, <laughs> you would have been like... Andy would have been like, um, it's a, it's an extended ear that goes from the top to the bottom that they and, can like, listen they, through, <laughs> and they hear everything magnified. You would have said everything, including the word, word. Ex- 
Well, no, you would have even said extended, extended ear. You just, yeah. you would just never set them together. You would have been like, oh, it's the piece that extends down all the way to the bottom. <laughs> it's attached to an ear. And, he's like, <laughs> and then he'd be like, I can picture it in the movie. It's really dark. They're in the staircase. Yep. <laughs> I can see it right now. Okay, so Josie has 17, Andy, nine. Almost double digits. And he's almost double digits. Mm, 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 mm. You're okay. really, really closer now. All you <laughs> gotta do is get one more question. I love the fact that, like, it doesn't matter. I, I'm still enjoying this, but I will never catch you. <laughs> you would have to, like, hit your head and lose all of your knowledge. <laughs> For me or I can just have Sheila keep score and I just go from fifteen <laughs> down to eight. No, I had I had fifteen written down, or I had thirteen. I didn't have the other two from before apparently. But I know I, but you went from thirteen to eight. So no, I'm sorry. I don't know. Like I saw the five. Like I because I'm doing the ta- um, You were still beating me. Tally mark. <laughs> And so, like, I just saw a five and a three, and I was like, eight. And I'm like, no, 13. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Oh, it's okay. We're all there. We're a little rusty. We're, it's been a while. We are a little rusty. All right, guys, are we ready? Better than Krabby. <laughs> what? Way to ruin a mood, killer. Yeah. That's like when your mom says, I'm glad to see you guys finally getting along. And you feel like the urge, you're just like, don't touch me. I don't know what just happened. (laughs) Okay, everyone. So as a reminder for what book I picked this month, I picked The Egyptian Cinderella by Shirley Cremo. And Sheila picked Menopause. I'm hot all of a sudden. I don't think my air is working very well. It's the alcohol you had before (laughs) we started. Before you started this kid (laughs) episode, you watched. Andy says says that, but he had a couple drinks before, too. I had the only sober one here. Andy had two that we saw. I only had (laughs) that. Keyword that we saw. I had two hard seltzers. You're drinking liquor. That we no, I wasn't. It wasn't liquor. Oh, it was a hard cider. cider. That's fair. She used the word liquor before. She was like, I don't know how much liquor is in here. And I let her out. Well, it has a liquor content or an alcohol content. Sorry. It has a liquor content. Liquor. Why are you guys so from the South today? I don't know. I'm tired. (laughs) It has a liquor content. (laughs) Because I live in North Carolina. I don't know. And I was just there this weekend. I need, Sheila, you to start acting like your Wyoming self. Okay, I'll stop trying to be North Carolina. I'll stop being a a Kakalaki, a North Kakalaki. And Andy, I need you to act like you've been in Atlanta for nine years. Listen, I'm Tar Heel born, I'm Tar Heel bred, and when I die, I'll be Tar Heel dead. So rah, rah, Carolina, Lana. Rah, rah. Go Pokes. Go Heels. I don't know who either one of you are right now. Anyway, so why did I pick this book? <laughs> Let me tell you why. Why did you, why did you pick this book, Josie? 
Because you like being queen of the Nile. No, stop. So I actually picked this book because it was probably last summer. I was listening to this podcast called History Chicks. Uh-huh. And they follow different women throughout history and just kind of tell their like tell their stories and and whatever. But they don't do just like historical figures. They also did a really awesome series on a bunch of different stories of like Cinderella, Red Riding Hood, and they just kind of um there was a couple other ones as well. And they just kind of do like the origin of where it came from and and different things like that. And I always think that stuff is really interesting. Cinderella is not my absolute favorite fairy tale, but it's definitely up there in like the top three or top five. And when Andy and I were in Egypt together, Egypt, (laughs) when we were, we were in Egypt together, when we were in Vegas together in October, (laughs) we were staying at the Luxor. It was like we were in the pyramids again. It was like we were in the pyramids for a third time. (laughs) And... (laughs) Sheila no longer thinks we're funny. I know she's like not amused. You can tell by her face. No, but um, I Andy and I were just talking about some different stuff, and I was like, oh, I have to pick a kids book for the next my next episode. I don't know what I'm gonna do, and we went through this random door that we had never gone through before, and there was this random gift shop that we hadn't seen before, and we had a lot of fun going through the gift shop, just like looking at different stuff, and it was like I a room of requirement. It was kind of like a room of requirement. And they actually had this book in the children's section. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how fun that they had, like, an Egyptian version of Cinderella, which, as I started reading more of it, this is actually one of the oldest versions of this story. Oh. So I thought um, it would be really fun to read to you today. She's going to learn us something today. I can't wait. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And here we go. (laughs) Long ago, in the land of Egypt, where the Green Nile River widens to meet the Blue Sea, there lived a maiden called Rhodopes, When she was still a small child, Rhodopes had been stolen by pirates. She was snatched from her home in Greece, taken across the sea to Egypt, and there sold as a slave. Like the Egyptian servant girls, Rhodopes went to the water's edge each day to wash clothes or to gather the reeds that grew along the riverbank. But Rhodopes looked different from the Egyptian girls. Their eyes were brown and hers were green. Their hair hung straight to their shoulders while the breeze blew hers into tangles. Their skin glowed like copper, but her pale skin burned red beneath the sun. That was how she got her name, for Rhodopes meant rosy-cheeked in Greek. Rosy Rhodopes scoffed the servant girls, hissing her name between their teeth. Rhodopes pretended not to hear, but she blushed rosier than ever. Although her master was kind, he was old and liked to doze beneath a fig tree. He seldom heard the servant girls tease Rhodopes. He never saw them order her about. Hurry, Rhodopes, they would shout at her. The geese are in the garden eating up the onions. 
Mend my robe. I'm hungry, Rodopis. Bake the bread. Rodopis always hurried to do their bidding, for the Egyptian girls were household servants, and she was only a slave. Rodopis found friends among the animals instead. Birds ate crumbs from her hands. She coaxed a monkey to sit upon her shoulder and charmed a hippopotamus with her songs. It would raise its huge head from the muddy water and prick its small ears to listen. Sometimes when her chores were done and the day had cooled, Rodopis would dance for her animal companions. She twirled so lightly that her tiny bare feet scarcely touched the ground. One evening, her master awakened to see her dance. No, goddess, it's more nimble, he called out. Such a gift deserves reward. He tugged his chin whiskers, thinking, and declared, You shall go barefoot no longer. Her master ordered a pair of dainty slippers made especially for Rodopis. The soles were of real leather. The toes were gilded with rose red gold. Now, when Rodopis danced, her feet sparkled like fireflies. The rose red slippers set Rodopis more apart than ever. The Egyptian servant girls were jealous, for they wore clumsy sandals woven from papyrus. Out of spite, they found new tasks for her to do, keeping Rodopis so busy that she was too tired to dance at night. One evening, Kippa, who was chief among the servant girls, announced, Tomorrow we sail for Memphis to see the pharaoh. His majesty is going to hold court for all his subjects. There will be musicians and dancing, said another servant girl, eyeing the rose-red slippers. There will be feasting, added a third. Poor Rodopis, you must stay behind, Kippa jeered. You have linen to wash and grain to grind and the garden to weed. The next morning, just as Ra the sun was climbing into the sky, Rodopis followed the servant girls to the river bank. Kippa wore a necklace of blue beads, bracelets jingled on the wrists of the second. The third had tied a many-colored sash about her waist. Although Rodopis wore a plain tunic, on her feet were the rose-red slippers. Perhaps they will let me come along to see the pharaoh after all, she thought. But the three servant girls pulled their raft to the bend of the river without giving Rodopis a backwards glance. Rodopis signed a and sighed and turned to the basket piled high with dirty clothes. Wash the linen, weed the garden, grind the grain. She slapped the wooden paddle against the cloth in time to her song. The hippopotamus, tired of so dull a tune, pushed out of the reeds and splashed into the river. Shame, cried Rodophis, shaking her paddle. You splattered mud on my beautiful slippers. She polished the shoes on the hem of her tunic until the rosy gold glittered in the sun. Then she carefully put them on the bank behind her. Wash the linen, weed the garden, Rodophis began again. Then suddenly a shadow fell on the water. Rodophis jumped up. A great falcon, the symbol of the god Horus, circled in the sky with wings spread so wide they blotted out the sun. Greetings to you, proud Horus, Rodophis murmured. She bowed her head and felt a rush of air on the back of her neck. When Rodophis dared to lift her eyes, she saw the falcon soar away. 
dangling from his talons, was one of her beautiful slippers. Stop, she pleaded. Come back. But the bird did not heed her. He flew toward the sun until he was no more than a dark speck against the gold. Rodophis bit her tongue. One shoe was worse than none at all. Now she'd have to dance like a stork, hopping about on one foot, and even the monkey would laugh. Rodovis tucked the slipper into her tunic and returned to her laundry, salting the river with her tears. After Rodovis had lost sight of the falcon, the mighty bird followed the course of the Nile to the city of Memphis, to the square where the pharaoh was holding court. There, the falcon watched and waited. The pharaoh's name was Amasis. On his head wore the red and white crown of the two Egypts. The double crown was heavy and pinched his ears. He preferred driving his chariot fast as the wind to sit uh, as fast as the wind to sitting on the throne. Amasis yawned. At the very moment the falcon dropped the rose red slipper into his lap. The slipper was so bright that Amasis thought it was a scrap of the sun. Then he saw the falcon wheeling overhead. The god of Horus sends me a sign, exclaimed the pharaoh. He picked up the rose-red slipper. Every maiden in Egypt must try the shoe. She whose foot it fits shall be my queen. That is the will of the gods. Amasis dismissed the court, called for his chariot, and began his search at once. When the Egyptian servant girls arrived in Memphis, they found the throne empty and the streets deserted. They were so angry on their return that even seeing Rodovis without her rose-red slippers did not please them. Slaves are better off barefoot, snapped Kipa. The pharaoh journeyed to distant cities. He tracked the desert where pyramids towered over the sand, and he climbed the steep cliffs where falcons nest. The rose-red slipper, always in his hand, wherever he went, women and girls, rich or poor, flocked to try on the slipper but none could fit into so small a shoe. The longer Amasis searched, the more determined he became to marry the maiden who had lost the tiny slipper. He summoned his royal barge and vowed to visit every landing along the Nile. The barge was hung with snails of, sails of silk, trumpets blared, and oarsmen rowed to the beat of gongs. The din was so dreadful that when the barge rounded the bend in the river, Rodophis fled in alarm, but the servant girls ran to the water's edge. Now we will see the pharaoh, cried Kippa. Amasis held the rose-red slipper. Whoever can wear the shoe shall be my queen. The servant girls knew that shoe and knew its owner, too, yet they clapped their hands over their mouths and said nothing. If one of them could wear it, First, Kippa, then the others, tried to put on the slipper. Each cramped her foot and curled her toes and squeezed until tears ran down her cheeks. Still, her heel hung over. Enough, said Amasis wearily. He would have set sail again had he not chanced to see Rodophis peering through the rushes. Come, he commanded. You must try this rose-red slipper. The servant girls gawked open-mouthed as the pharaoh kneeled before Rodophis. He slipped the tiny shoe on her foot with ease. Then Rodophis pulled its mate from the folds of her tunic. 
Behold, cried Amasis, in all the land there is none so fit to be queen. But Radophis is a slave, protested one of the servant girls. Kippa sniffed, she is not even Egyptian. She is the most Egyptian of all, the pharaoh declared, for her eyes are as green as the Nile, her hair is feathery as papyrus, and her skin the pink of a lotus flower. The pharaoh led Rodopis to the royal barge, and with every step, her rose-red slippers winked and sparkled in the sun. Cute. Yeah, I thought that was a nice spin. It was. Um, I see why the Egyptians like you. Because <laughs> of the description? The rosy skin. The rosy skin. The light hair. The light hair and the eyes. I mean, you don't have the, like, well, you have green eyes, right? Yeah. So, or, are like you hazel? Blue. You're kind of they're hazel. Like, it depends yeah, on what she's wearing. Yeah. Okay. In so, the past in the past few years I've had more people tell me I have green eyes. So I can see why that <laughs> they wanted to kidnap you and make you their queen. If only I would have had rose red slippers when I went over there. And you could have danced for him. I mean you got some dance training. I I, do, like I did know have red red slippers. For some reason. No. Uh oh. I do have red Converse. Yeah. <laughs> which I might have worn on the trip. I think you did. You were I in the do... embodiment of their story growing up. Her dofies. I do want to say that this is illustrated by Ruth Heller. Uh-huh. And I obviously I had to read it because these are big chunks. I feel like this is definitely a kid's book for like a little bit older. This yeah. isn't gonna yeah. be this is a tiny bit longer. It's not going to be something that you're going to read to, like, your three-year-old, maybe. Maybe once in a while. Right. But the illustrations of this book are so pretty. Like, here's the one where they're, like, on the barge looking for them down the Nile. Mm. I mean, it's, like, full watercolor. Like, this is the very first page where you fi- they meet the three servant girls in Rodophis. Right. They're full illustrations. Here's yeah, her dance. Here's her dancing with the hippopotamus and the birds and everything. Oh. It's I mean, they're really gorgeous. Each page is just full of a ton like a dump, a bunch of different colors. Here's the one where the three servant girls, you can see what each of them are wearing, like the necklace, oh, the bracelets, nice. and the rainbow sash. Mm. But yeah, I mean, the illustrations are gorgeous. It's I I do like this version. I think this is a fun version. It's that is fun. I know I've I I've never heard that one before, but I know that like, there's a Chinese one that I've heard in the past, and I know there's like um, versions of it all over the that, world. I think the Chinese ones, uh, Chinese one is another one that's pretty old. Yeah, and I think that one had fur slippers. I can't. I can't remember. I, I can't remember, remember either. I know that it's each been a version, long time. like each version, the slipper is like different. Right. But yeah. it, there's always a slipper. I also like stuff like this because when you get into kind of like origin stories, mm-hmm. it's always so interesting to me. Like right now, the world is so connected through the internet and television, yeah. and everything's like so real time. 
Um, I mean, look at us. We're in three different cities and we're like in real time seeing each other face to face. Right. So it's always so interesting to me when you get the same type of story with the same morals across different cultures that had no way of knowing that the other culture really existed. Right. Or what was really going on. Like you might have some people who would travel, but what were the odds? I mean, somebody wasn't traveling from China over to Egypt and then traveling back a lot. Right. I'm not saying it never happened because it probably, like, I'm sure it did, but the odds of it happening a lot were, were very slim. And you have so many countries across the span of time that have, like, their version Similar of Cinderella. I think some of the Native American tribes have some sort of Cinderella um, and some type of those story. type stories. Yeah. For Josie and I, we know, like, the story of, like, the seven sisters in Orion's belt. And Mm -hmm. that has everything to do with the Devil's Tower. And that, I mean, and that's a story. Like, it's a history. And, you know, it's it's just who we are, you know. I mean, absolutely. I feel like we grew up with the story of the seven sisters as much as we grew up with like the star formations of like the big dipper. Yeah. Yeah. And like the bear, Andy, have you ever heard the story of the seven sisters? Like the bear, they, a bear was a giant bear was chasing them and they went to like a mountain landing and they prayed to the gods to help them. And so they rose this, this piece of earth they were sitting on up into the sky and the bear was like clawing at the edges to to get at the seven sisters and to save them the gods took them up into the heavens and they became the seven sisters of orion's belt i may have heard that at some point yeah but like devil's tower has a bunch of like ridges and everything around it where it literally looks like somebody scratched down down. and that was the native american like fable story of it see y'all had that we grew up learning about blowing rock in school and it was kind of like a romeo and juliet type thing Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. they um weren't allowed to be together and or something like that it's been a minute since the fourth grade so i don't fully (laughs) remember the story it's something on the lines of like it's this thing up in the blue ridge mountains um near appalachian and one of them falls off and the other one goes to catch them or something like that. But the wind was so strong because love was on their side that it actually picked them back up and like mm. placed them safely somewhere. Mm. Uh, if I'm butchering the story to everyone who's listening, please let me know. Um, but it was something like that, but you can go up on blowing rock and like, if you blow, if you drop like a piece of paper, it'll blow, it allegedly will blow back up at you. You I never tried think- it. I don't think they let you do it anymore because of oh, pollution, that's, but that's the stuff I would try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a um there's some volcanoes down in Mexico somewhere and it's kind of the same story where a soldier fell in love with a princess. The father didn't like it, so he sent the soldier to war. He came back alive 
to win back the the heart of the princess he sent him up to the mountains the princess found out i think it's the princess found out about it and then she went up to the mountains to follow them and then they ended up uniting up in the mountains and then like one of them died and then the other one prayed to the gods to help them and the gods turned them into volcanoes and the legend of the village that's near there is like because they're still active volcanoes, so you see, like, puffs of smoke. And they'll be like, oh, the lovers are, like, talking to each other. Mm. So, cool. I yeah, I just, I love origin stories. And I yeah. always find it so interesting. I mean, there's so many things. Like, these Romeo and Juliet stories, the Cinderella stories. Even if you study a lot of different world religions, it's the same thing. Where they all end up having like the same like main powerful entity that kind of watches over rules over everything else that you kind of go to. So it's just really interesting how like with different origins, things can still be very similar or like the base is very similar, even if the rest of the story is, is different. You know what I kind of liked about it? What? Is that, you know, like, one of my biggest... I love Cinderella, don't get it twisted. But, like, one of my biggest things for the plot hole is that this man looked directly at her and was like, I don't know what she looks like. I only know that she wore this shoe. I get it. <laughs> she could have been enchanted. But at the same time, it's like... I kind of like the fact that, like, he had the shoe first before ever meeting her. Yeah, that was kind yeah. of a different take. And so it wasn't like, yeah, it was like him going after her in that way versus like her running back and being like, oh, you know what I mean? Look, (laughs) Cinderella transforming for the ball from the fairy godmother is the OG filter. Okay. You know, like, well, have you ever seen those things, Sheila, or like the memes and stuff where it's like filter, no filter? Oh, yeah. You heard yeah. it straight here yeah. from Gus Gus. <laughs> <laughs> we just started making faces at Andy to show filter, no filter. Um, no, <laughs> he was not amused because he's not even watching us. <laughs> that, I think, is one of the reasons why I really liked it. And then it was also, like, it kind of shows a different thing, too. It's not, it's not her family. Now, granted, it's kind of like the only family she knows, but it's not, like, her family that's doing it to her. Right. right. Like it's other servant girls who were being malicious, who are just like also in like probably a pretty crappy situation, even though even though they were like the house servants. And it's like historically Mm -hmm. known that house servants usually had it like way better than any other. But it still is probably a really crappy situation to be in. Whereas, like, that was that's one of the things that I have never liked about this story is that they always made the step family out to be like so malicious and so evil. Um, Unless you read Gregory Maguire's um, version. <laughs> oh, I don't think I've actually ever read that version. What is that one? Um, that's it's actually probably one of my favorite. The, it's the Confessions of the Stepsister. Confessions of the Stepsister, yeah. I really like that one. It's probably one of my favorite by him. Maybe even more than uh, Wicked, but that's besides the point. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I like Wicked. Because I've but... read some of their other ones, and I've liked them, but not, like, awesome. Yeah, but, um, the best of a story. But 
Um, I was going to say, like, <laughs> the Drew Barrymore movie from the 90s, Ever After. Oh, like, one. Went to Never Been Kissed, my favorite movie. No, Ever That, that rom com tip, sorry. Ever After? I, I just said rom tom. Sorry, Ever rom-com. After. Keep going. Um, <laughs> but, uh,. They like in that one, one stepsister is also picked on almost as much as she's right. picked on. So it was kind of one of those things where I, I think I that's part of the reason why I liked that version so much. Also, I love Owen. I think it's Owen Douglas, the guy who played the prince. But anyway, oh yeah. But anyway, it's it's the idea that like okay maybe one sister was a big brat, like the other one like was actually kind of human, right? That's just the one thing that I've never really loved about the Cinderella story. Like, I get that there has to be, like, a villain. A bad guy, right. And a bad guy to, like, kind of make the moral of the story and all that. Um, but I know a lot of blended families where the step the step family is very nice. Yes. Hi. Hi. No, not you. I mean, your sisters are great. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy, Andy's not, apparently. That's joking. Andy's terror. Andy's a little <laughs> much sometimes. We love Andy. Yeah, I do love in the grim fairy tales though that the si- stepsisters get their eyes pecked out by birds by right. the crows. Oh, yeah. Well, that took a dark turn. The grim brothers have very dark. Um, yeah, all of their fairy tales. They like Art. cut a piece of their foot off to fit their foot into this. Their one, one and cuts off their heel. Yeah, one cuts off her toes, one cuts off her heels, and then they get pecked, their eyes pecked out. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rapunzel got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And had twins. I know that's not Cinderella, but. Oh, I thought that was Sleeping Beauty. And that's how she woke up. Oh, wait. Yeah. Shoot. What happened to Rapunzel? She just died. Shoot. <laughs> I'm just, I'm getting all my fairy tale princess. They cut her hair off and up. kept her in the tower. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's what it was. Who knows? Um, I don't know. I actually, I, I won't lie, even though I was with you when you picked up this book. <laughs> I did not think that I was going to enjoy it. Because I thought it was just, <laughs> I honestly, you know, sometimes you see these and just like the people try to make them something that they're not. Yeah. yeah. This just didn't feel that way. It was just a really cute story. It was like it was very genuine, but then it was all like it was also kind of rooted in their history with Horace and everything like that. Because at first I was like, Oh, she saw a shadow, someone snuck back, they're gonna steal the shoes and they're gonna dance for the prince. Like that's where my head went and I right. was not expecting like a literally godlike intervention. It's no. her very godfather. So, <laughs> right. That is kind of what it is. So there is an author's note at the end of this book. And this is what it says. The Tale of Rodophies and the Rose Red Slipper is one of the world's oldest Cinderella stories. It was first recorded by a Roman historian, Strabo, in the first century B.C. The story is both fact and fable. Rodophis is believed to have been born in northern Greece, kidnapped by pirates as a child, and sold to a rich man on the island of Samos. Um, One of her fellow slaves was a homely little man named Aesop, 
who told her wonderful fables about animals. When Rodophis was almost grown, she was taken to Egypt and bought by a man named uh, Charakos. That's really weird, and it doesn't have phonetic spelling behind it. Um, Her new master was also Greek. He gave many gifts and favors to Rodophis. In those days, a fortunate slave might live far better than a hired servant. The servants, although free, were poor and lived in mud huts, while a chosen slave enjoyed the comforts of the master's villa, which, like these three, these three girls, what Andy was saying with everything or what we were just saying with everything is that like the servants probably would have really bullied her. The existence of the rose red slivers is possible. Ancient Egyptian gold was sometimes mixed with iron, which gave it a reddish hue. In retelling this story, I preferred to have it the gilded slippers stolen by a falcon, although some references name the bird as an eagle. Horus, Egyptian sky god and deity of the living pharaohs, was believed to appear on Earth as a falcon. What is fact is that a Greek slave girl, Rodophis, married a pharaoh married the pharaoh Amasis in the dynasty 26, which was 570 to 526 BC, and became his queen. That's pretty. Yeah. That's really cool. It's really pretty interesting, and I like the, like, the Aesop, because we all know Aesop fables, and yeah, um, so that was kind of a neat little tie-in that, that she was, yeah, or this so, attached to him a little bit, you know, and yeah, and I mean, I think it's really interesting that they're the pharaoh and her like is factual that they marry. Yeah, yeah, and that you can kind of trace her like her slavery and everything back. So it is it is really interesting to kind of like th- think about it, and I do like that the author like took that into consideration in mm-hmm. creating her story. That right. you know. She she did intertwine like the Egyptian uh, mythology, so the realness. Also, yeah. when you showed us a picture, and we were talking about how this is off topic, but you're welcome. Um, when you showed us a picture of like how there was the three of the girls, and then like we were talking about how they were mean and that type of stuff, I immediately wanted to be like, who here has been victimized by one of your stepsisters? <laughs> Um, because it was like they're like the the OG mean girls. Yeah, who here has been personally vic- victimized by Kippa? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, would you guys recommend this? I would. I was would. there anything you disliked about it? I I think the only thing that was, for lack of a better phrase, far fetched, was the fact that she charmed the hippopotamus. <laughs> for some reason charming a mouse and like a bird with a song for some reason it seems a little more believable i don't know why it why i say that it just feels like it is but like a full-on hippo maybe i've seen jumanji too many times but hippos <laughs> are kind of mean they can be uh, hippos are um, hippos are know, really see. super super mean they have actually had to put warnings out in like zoos and stuff like that because they get the idea that like dancing hippopotamus from like Fantasia and like what was the other one there's something else where they thought that they were like really nice Um, there's more more... I think Sing has a hippopotamus yeah they had to um, 
actually put out warnings that like and there it's been recorded that there's been more like hippo deaths than mm. um any other animal like in the wild mm. poor little hippos anyways i know andy was i know andy was really excited to hear that history fact or yeah. that fact when he made that comment um, honestly, I keep going back to the hippo at the rainforest that I worked in in Nashville that sounded like Goofy a little bit when it laughed. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> How did it laugh? <laughs> this, like, I made that face when you started, and she did a hippo, and Sheila looked at me like I lost my damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's fair. Well, you might have been doing something that I don't know what you were doing. I don't know. Like the hippos, some crazy thing that she I was mean, like, I'm not, I don't know what these kids are into these days. But I did, I did really like. Three 30-something-year-old kids. I did really like the book. I did, too. I yeah, didn't have I really a problem. I didn't have a problem with the, her befriending a hippo. Because that kind of gives some of the magicalness of, like, the fairy tale. I, I do like how the hippo did give some sass, though. Because the, when she was, like, left behind from the servant girls and she was, like, mocking them and, like, doing her little song, the hippo was like, this is boring, peace out. And then, like, made all the laundry really dirty. Right. It was like, oh, it's, God. It's like I only like you for one reason. Pay attention to me. Yeah. Me. Like a cat. I bet hippos and cats would be friends together. If a hippo wouldn't eat the cat. Probably stupid. Stupid whiny cats. Alright. Yeah, I would definitely recommend this book too. I think it's fun. I think if somebody's into like fairy tales and different origins of them, I think they would love this. Yeah. So. It's a fun... I enjoyed it. I think I think little... some. Some little girls would love a different version of it if they're really into princess. Yeah, definitely. Um, even if you, I mean, I my son doesn't mind um, princess stories. They're not necessarily his favorite, but he'll sit and yeah. listen to them. So. I think the only thing that I would say against this, and I am just going to say this and then probably move on to the next thing, is that it is, I mean, this was written in the late 80s. And so it is, like, it is a little whitewashed, where it's, like, fair skin, light hair, like, like, yeah, and so, like, I I feel like I could see how, like, if you had somebody who had, like, dark hair and, like, was that origin, it'd be like, oh, this is, like, my, like, a princess for me, and it really wouldn't be, like, a princess for Egyptian. But she was Greek. Yes. So but, that. I mean, there is that, but the author could have maybe changed that a little bit. And it could have been a dark-haired Greek. There's Greeks out, There's a lot of Greeks that have dark hair. We don't know. I know. I'm just I mean, saying I guess that was the could. only thing. That was the, that's the only thing I would say is that, like, well, we could for do the times, research. it doesn't really yeah. understand. There's yeah. like, As, I guess the only thing you could do is just see if you can find some research on the, what part um, of Rodophis that married that pharaoh and if there's any depictions of her. Pardon right. my dog. 
protecting the house. <laughs> right. And it would depend on what part of Greece she was taken she from. Yeah. I just didn't you think that just for the benefit of like yeah. something on the other side. Um, Sheila, aren't you the next one to pick the book? I am. Um, what are we reading? Or are you I reading? What is it? What is it? The Gruffalo. Ooh. And it's by Julia Donaldson and Axel Scheffler. Um, she she also did Room on the Broom, our very first kid book. So, um, fun. this one, uh, it's a fun little story. It has a mouse in it, Josie. Augusta. What? Augusta. It's just kind of a fun story, and I look forward to sharing with it with you guys next month. Nice. I've actually seen this book a couple times, but I don't think I've ever actually heard it. Yeah, it's it's kind of popular. It's also one that they created a short movie for also. And it also has a sequel called The Gruffalo's Child about um like the 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 baby Gruffalo kind of having an adventure. So um uh-huh. yeah, so this is what we're going to do next month. Fun. I'm looking forward to it. I think that's it. Um, you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook. You can yeah. email us at potheadswhoread at gmail.com. Um, if there's any children's books you want any of us to read. And I think that's everything. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> All right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so thank you for reading us. Go crack a book open. I guess I better start reading. (laughs) Bye. Bye.